Good morning. I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning as we read today's scripture lesson. It comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. We're going to be reading verses 7 through 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, gives him a stone? Or, if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. May God bless us as we hear and listen to his word this morning. Thank you, Scott. You may be seated. Well, Happy New Year. Yeah, there you go. It's good to be seen and to be able to see you. If you have not heard yet in this new year, or even today, God loves you. God loves you. Many of us have experienced the love of God since we have a desire for all people to love God and love all people and follow Jesus together, as was told to us by Kevin. That's our mission. That's our goal. But it's not ours. It's Jesus' desire for us. And it's our expression of what God has given to us. Well, before I get into the message this morning, I want to thank Brother Ray for bringing the word a couple of weeks ago following Christmas. Apropos, thanks for the word from Philippians, right? Forgetting what's behind. How are you doing on that? And taking hold of the prize, right? Thank you for the timely, timely teaching. Every year you could, you could just do that. And thank you, Pastor Melanie, for getting us back into our series in Matthew, last, uh, last, uh, starting in the new year. I enjoyed the challenging teaching and helping us to grasp that judgment and critical spirit leaves love and compassion in the dust. You get that? I mean, there's probably other things you may have picked up, whatever the Holy Spirit dropped on you, but uh, judgment and a critical spirit leaves love and compassion in the dust. And if we're called the people of love, to be known by love, we can't live in that way. Thank you. Thank you. Again, if you have not heard or you have not seen or for some odd reason have not even uh, had an invitation to join us for the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want to do that right now. Many of us have enjoyed the opportunity uh, for God to do the work in us, on us, and through us during these days in the last years. And so you do not want to miss out on this opportunity to allow him to... uh, to work on you. It's a time for us to set aside and to allow him to kind of go, hey, what's, what's going on in the heart? What's going on in the life? While we have scriptures applied to it, the Spirit speaks to you individually. But my prayer is for you, uh, and my prayer for you is Paul's prayer for you from Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And so I ask you to join us as we root ourselves deep in the powerful love of God. Now, if you don't have brochures, you can find them in the lobby, or if you're online, you can 
just click over and find them on our website. You can, they're right there. You don't have to go far. Let's get going. The title of today's message is Simply Ask. Simply Ask. We're going to continue through the New Covenant letter of Matthew, in Matthew, in this series. Uh, one of, it's, Matthew is one of the four Gospels, or four letters, or manuscripts written about the life and the good news of this, this baby we just celebrated, but becomes a man, Jesus of Nazareth. You may not know this, but God desires to give. He desires to give. God is a giver, friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. While, that might, while I believe that is the greatest gift that God has ever given, he didn't start there, though. Uh, do you remember? Uh, maybe if you have read through the Bible, maybe you're starting in your Bible plan and you're starting to read through Genesis. You realize, whoa, wait a second. God loves to give so much that he gave us a day of rest first. Did you notice that? That he gives you a day of rest. He gives you a gift of the day of rest. Did you know that he gave you all of creation to enjoy? Uh, the, the splendor of sunrises and sunsets. The, uh, the beauty of the Grand Canyon as the sun sets or rises. I only saw it when it sets. Where the sun begins to just kind of just show you the prism that's available there. It's just beautiful. He gives you the food that you enjoyed over Christmas and now that you're fasting from potentially, right? And he gives you the fast. God's a giver. He sought out Adam and Eve when they disobeyed in sin. Now, why do you think he sought them out? Uh, well, it comes out of his love, but he desired to give to them. He desired to give and bring them life that they or we could never have on our own. Friends, he clothed them. They attempted at their best. But he clothed them. And he did this all while they were running from him and, can I say, from each other. It's incredible. We sing songs like, God is so good and good, good father. Great songs. Yet I would contend that we have yet to tap the depths of God's desire to love and to give to us. God loves. His heart is for us. You see, God desires to give far more than we ask. Far more than we ask. Now, before some of you think, oh, he's going off the rails. He's going off the rails, that name it and claim it stuff. No, not at all. I just wish that you just listen through the rest of the message. Engage and consider the possibility that we may be just missing out on those aspects that because we simply forget to ask. We simply don't ask. We go about our lives and he wants us to ask. Why don't we like to ask? Andy Moore from one of his blog posts says that these may be some of the reasons why some of us don't ask for help on a plane of human, human side, but I think they may fit into some of our projections on the God side. You tell yourself that it, you have it easy compared to others. On a scriptural side, on a spiritual side, we can easily do that. Well, you know, those people across the pond, 
but maybe you need to ask. What about fear of rejection? No, maybe, or, or even if you do ask, there might be this, on a human side, this judgment, but it may be projected onto God, that if I ask, then he'll think I'm what? You've experienced dependency on people. You don't want to be dependent on God. Wow. Could it be? You don't want to feel like a burden. Fear of losing control. None of us have that issue. Belief. You have this over-the-top belief in in self-reliance. You know? I built, pick, my, pick myself up by my own bootstraps. And if you're truly an introvert, this could be the side of it on the human side, and it may be also on the spiritual side. You're overwhelmed by the potential drain it could be just to simply ask and what it might mean for you. You send yourself out there and you're like, uh, uh-oh. Maybe so, some of those sick, maybe some of them don't. There are some of us, though, in this room who are askers. We don't have a problem of asking for anything for ourselves. Yet there are far more of us who have a difficulty asking from God. I'm one of them. I have, it may have to do with the way I'm wired. You can sit down with me later and figure that out. Environments I grew up in, the stated or unstated rules and expectations I perceive, I simply know I am, I am not as connected to the asking side of me as I know God would want. It's one of the areas that I'm trying to unlearn and relearn in a healthy way. Naturally, I just don't like to ask for help, so I have to work pretty diligently at doing that. I don't have a problem asking for others, though. That's the key, I think, for me. But, and that's where I fall. I'm like, ah, I don't need to worry about it. I fall into one of those Andy Moore things. I do. I do it all day long in all circumstances. In fact, a few years ago, a couple of my friends were heading to the mission field with their family. They had an undeniable passion for missions and this country and these people that the agency, the mission agency had told them about, and they loved their Lord to, well, enough to take their family into harm, right? The mission agency that they were going through had identified them as key people who desired to, key people who were cut out for this very hard work in this Muslim part of the country. By the way, friends, it's always good to get valid confirmation from others that you're gifted in ministry. While they were part of our church and very involved, Tom had often taught in our Sunday school classes and led groups and just loved the Bible and had done those things. He had never presented his desire to go on missions to our group, to our church as a whole. And so we had him present. And when he did, he actually brought us to the edge of our seats of like, whoa, this is what you get to do. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't close the deal. You see, it wasn't just about selling us about missions and about God's passion. He had to sell us on the fact that we should give to him. So, knowing that he hadn't closed the deal, I was considerably younger at the time, um, and so, but somehow I had the wherewithal, that's where this fits in, somewhere I had the wherewithal to stand up and ask our congregation for an, you know, an incredible amount of money for our size and our station at that point. 
Well, after I did, they received a quarter of what they needed to go to the mission field. It was incredible. Now, my point is not about me. It's a story I know personally and a story to the point of asking, of asking. I believe what we will uncover in this passage, what is key for us to our Father's heart, in the inbreaking of the kingdom, what we desire to see around us, he desires to give to us, but he wishes to hear our voice. To simply ask. How many of us love, love it when our kids ask rightly for things that you know is right for them we love to give it and God's the same way so as we get into our scripture today I want to remind us that we're in the last few lessons on the Sermon on the Mount we started this journey last year in Matthew last year sounds really kind of ominous doesn't it (laughs) and we've been drinking in this manifesto of Jesus's kingdom Jesus has been teaching us what the kingdom really looks like even He even uh, slips in a few short sections about that he, not just about this kingdom of God, but that he is the manifestation or the fulfillment of that. And incredible. I mean, you think about it. In this Matthew 5 through 7, and you have Jesus himself declaring that he is part of that. It's incredible. But Jesus' teaching on this mountain is about how the community of the kingdom operates and how people who wish to live, are you listening, wish to live in the kingdom boundaries, live and love. It's very important that we understand that because it's key to what we're talking about today. So let's direct our attention to the scripture text for today. Jesus said, and that in itself is powerful. Right? If Jesus says or says anything, that's, whoa. Can you do this with me today? Can you read this all out loud with me? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I just want you to let that sink into you. That's an incredible... Jesus said, for those of us, if that didn't catch you earlier, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus is the Son of God who has the ability to grant what he has just stated. So while prayer is not named as the vehicle, we recognize these words to be formed around the vehicle or the medium of prayer. And simply prayer is communication with God. In this teaching, Jesus is telling us to ask, seek, and knock. And you're going to hear a lot of repetition because I want us to get it. To each one of these actions that a, that, that a person does or a group of people do, there is a gift to receive. Jesus stated it when, you, when we read it. You ask, it will be given to you. When you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door will be open to you. He leans in, in verse 8, with continued repetition. It's not something new. He's just saying it again so that we will get it that we'll receive, we'll find, and the door will be opened. 
I, I want to remind all of us who are here, here in person and those online that Jesus is, re- is speaking regarding his kingdom. It's very important to understand that not your kingdom, not my kingdom, not any other kingdom that, we, that exists or we could create, which we're very good at doing that. He is speaking to the people who wish to live inside the kingdom boundaries. This is very, very important. Jesus is not bound by our ideas or our ideals. It's about his kingdom, his desire. So check out the equation that's put up here. Now, for some of you that work in math, I wanted you to see this. And some of us that didn't work in math, I want us to see this. Ask and it will be given to you. Look at that, equals, given to, receive. I mean, oh, right, okay. Well, maybe not. Seek and you'll find. It hasn't happened, really, has it? Wow. Knock and the door will be open. Wouldn't you want to seek? Wouldn't you want to ask, seek, and knock? Seriously, if this, I mean, if this is the equation that's real, there's a reason that Jesus feels compelled to tell those sitting on the mountain, and maybe even us today, that we need to ask, seek, and knock. Why don't we ask for directions? Why do we allow a task to go undone in our house when we know somebody who has the skill to do it? We don't ask them. If we were a student and didn't understand what was going on, why do we lean to the student next to us who may or may not know the best way to do it instead of going to the teacher or the professor at the front of the class? Why do we hesitate? Some of you are hesitating. Going to the doctor and you know you have something wrong. Why do we hesitate making, or making that phone call? Right? There's an ask on the other end, right? Is it fear? Is it pride? Is it this idea of being, being too dependent? Trust, giving up control? Uh, what, what could it be? Why is it that Jesus seems to have to press those on the mountain to the Heavenly Father they already know about? He, he's not describing somebody they don't know. He's describing somebody they do know. And for us today, Jesus goes on in verse 9, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or, ask, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Now, I know there have been times at our dinner table when our kids were not too encouraged by what we were serving. We've never given them stones or snakes either. Uh, now, my wife has eaten a snake, but yeah, um, you You do what the natives do, I guess. Maybe stone soup because my wife is a kindergarten teacher, but I don't remember that either. We've never served them liver or onions. Now, some of you would go, oh, that's good. And some of us would go, yeah, that's good. But others would go, oh, really? No. We've never done that stuff, right? Jesus is going over the top just like he did last week. He's going over the top and saying, look, as parents, you'll give them food to eat, right? And bread and fish were staples of the region and the culture, even if you might not like fish. They did. They had to. No father or mother would not feed their child. And that's what he's saying. 
God the Father knows even how to do better than you. Now, this, I had some curiosities as I was looking at the text. There are no hyperlinks in my study to the snake or the stone being directly connected to satanic or the Satan's work. But we do remember that the serpent comes as the manifestation of evil in the garden, right? It's interesting. And the stone was offered to Jesus at temptation. No scholars seem to connect those. It's just a random thing. And while they're not connected in that way, and I give that, Jesus does call us to those listening. Jesus does call those listening evil. Listen to this. If you then, though you are evil. Now, do you think this was intended for anybody later who was reading it? Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So why? Why can we ask and seek and knock with expectation and anticipation of receiving, finding, and the door to be opening to us? Because it is your Father in heaven who gives good gifts. Jesus is opening the door to some good news to the great resources of heaven, all because of what? It's from your Father in heaven. And it's where you choose to dwell and whom you choose to dwell with. Friends, this is great and good news. Think about this. We all want God's kingdom to come. We want to make a, have it make a great inbreaking into our personal lives. That's why we spent four or five hours yesterday with Jesus intimately as a group in a silent retreat. Right? We want him to make that inbreaking. We simply need to ask, Jesus seems to say. Jesus says we can trust God with our ask. We can trust God. But I can read your faces. And I could read your faces even before you were here. You may be saying, I have asked. And there wasn't an answer. Doors don't always open. I don't always receive as I ask. And I haven't in the past. Jesus was and is about his kingdom and the restoration of it. If we have this idea that God is some Santa Claus who who delivers what we want when we want it, we will be always mistaken. Listen to these words from Jesus' half-brother James, from James 4, 2 and 3. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. While we are commended by Jesus to ask, seek, and not, James indicates that maybe at times, maybe at times, our motives need to be in greater alignment with Jesus' will and way. We don't give our children everything they want when they want it or desire it. Why? They have a limited vantage point. They can't see all that they're asking for. And yes, we do too. When we go to the Lord and pray, we, have a, we can see, but it's, it's limited sight. 
And the perception is not as clear as God's is on our behalf. Some of you are saying on the inside, but my, my ass seems to be within the realm of the kingdom God's a, and God's availability because he's done it over there for them. He did it for them. Why won't he do it for me? I'm asking, and I still am asking. And all I can say is that may be true. That may absolutely be true. In fact, you may be saying, Steve, I cried out for the Lord to intervene, to save, to rescue, to take what I have been praying for. And you're right, I, I don't know. I'm not walking your path, and nor am I walking that other person's path. But what I do know is that Paul prayed for his thorn in the flesh to be removed, and God answered. God's answer to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus prayed to have his cup of ultimate suffering taken from him, and yet it was not taken, and Jesus died on a Roman cross. We do not take the place or the position of God who desires for us his greatest good and his greatest glory. We're called to be faithful and obedient to the one who is restoring us to greater glory and his greater glory. All but one, all but one or two of Jesus' disciples died unnaturally. They were martyred. I guess my answer at this point in my life and at looking at scripture is that I have to trust Jesus. I have to trust God more. That in his greater plan for the kingdom that includes me and you and all who would dare to follow Jesus, that he has a greater plan. His love is for you. He desires to give, yet he sees greater and farther and deeper than we would ever understand. And these spaces in our lives where our relationship, these are, these are spaces in our lives where our relationship with Jesus can grow exponentially. We learn to rest in and with the Father and listen for his breath in our lives. Prayer, as Pastor Craig Rochelle said recently, is confusing. It's often referred to as mysterious, yet we're reminded by Jesus to ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. So what are we to do when Jesus says simply ask? I think we ask, Right? He's the one who stated he would die and in three days would rise from the dead. He is the one we call our Messiah, our Savior, and our Lord. He is our God who leads us. So what do we do next? What are our next steps? Well, we trust God. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this, Since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence 
so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. My guess is that when it comes to praying and that, that one area, that ask that you have in your life that you may be stuck in, this is where it's stuck. You're just not trusting God in that area. Not that he will answer the prayer like you want, but you simply have not asked because you're not sure you can trust if you ask. You're having a tough time believing that God will give you the bread and fish you will ask for. I want us all to take a posture of prayer right now. I want you to to close your eyes. And find yourself in a, in a posture before the Lord. In this new year, I believe the Spirit is inviting you to surrender those unanswered asks to the Lord. Because they're your stumbling blocks. You're holding them. And they're limiting your ability to simply ask as Jesus said. Now, I'm not sure what those asks are or what they continue to be that seem to be unanswered and cause you pause. But I'm, I want us to take some time and allow the Holy Spirit to speak Speak into us. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask. You discover that that unanswered ask, that place of lacking trust in you. These are simply prompters that the Spirit may use to unearth in your heart and in your mind where you lack trust. Could it be a a child or children who are still away from the Lord and you've prayed yet there doesn't seem to be an answer? an unhealed loved one, a disease that is crippling. A love from a mother, a father, husband, or wife that is not reciprocated. relationship gone bad you want restored 
I ask you to invite the Holy Spirit into that hurt and into that brokenness to heal and restore. Jesus, we invite you. Release it to the Lord as you would release something from your hands. Allow the hurt to go. Surrender it to the Lord. I want you to continue to pray into that. If that's where the Lord finds you this morning, the Spirit has nudged you. Allow him to restore you. Allow him to love you, to draw you back in. But maybe you're a person who has never trusted God. We all have to start in our relationship with God personally and you realize you need to trust God for the very first time. Mm, That's great. Because as I said earlier, God loves you. Jesus died and rose to give you life. The Holy Spirit is your great guide in this moment and comfort. If that's you, Simply, you can pray this prayer, trusting God for the very first time. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me for my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow, love, and live for you. Friends, we're continuing a time of prayer Yet, if that was your prayer, if you've taken that step, we celebrate with you. Would you let us know whether you're online or in person today? Now, continue in the place of prayer. For some of you, you realize you have not asked from your Father in heaven what's so pressing on you. You can trust God with your life, and you can ask. In fact, Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So what do you need to simply ask of our Father in heaven right now? What is your need? Ask him. The psalmist says to us, listen to my words, Lord. 
Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. Lord, you hear my voice. And I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Father, we come before you this morning taking the simple invitation of Jesus to ask, to seek, and to knock. And we come and simply ask. We bear our hearts open to you this morning at realizing that you are a Father in heaven who desires to give good gifts to us. Thank you for giving us Jesus who really quite simply makes our following you easier. He simply says to ask, seek and knock. And we do that this morning. We are grateful, Father, that you care for our hurts, our hearts. Speak into them by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We want to turn our eyes to Jesus in these moments.